0: Hey everybody, did you know you can still make money in real estate, even if we're in tougher times and interest rates are up? Today I had the opportunity to interview Kevin Amelsch. Kevin is a real estate investor. He started when he was in the army and built a real estate portfolio. Today he actually helps investors to invest money for real estate loans and he helps investors that are out in the market that are buying real estate to um, to find the financing to do those projects so I hope you enjoy this interview I had a blast and uh, look forward to sharing it with you
1: welcome
0: Hello, Freedom Nation, it's Jeff here, and we are going to have a real good conversation today with a friend of mine, Kevin Walsh. Um, Look, brain's not working. <laughs> <laughs> We're uh, going to discuss a little bit about his background. He actually figured it out sooner than a lot of us and started buying real estate really early on and has made that his career, uh, investing in real estate and some other things that he's doing that I think are very interesting. So welcome to the show, my friend. Sorry to butcher your last name. Yeah, if you're not the only one to do that, trust me on that, um, oh, I right. really you're appreciate it. Uh, yeah, uh, very <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm really excited to be here. I'm so glad to have you on. Uh, it was fun talking to you before we got on today to figure out what we were gonna talk about. And I'm just super excited to share you with the audience here. So let's kick it off. why don't we start off with uh your story how did you how did you get where you are today?
2: Yeah, so I guess I'll go back to what you and I were talking about right before you hit record there and it was back in high school and i i I hated high school. I just mm-hmm. couldn't handle any <laughs> like, I would literally ditch school as much as possible before it hit my grade you know that it was that kind of experience for me um so when I got out and I graduated, I didn't want to go to college, mm-hmm. but I knew i I didn't want to just waste away the years either. I always wanted to be an entrepreneur, always wanted to be wealthy, retire early, all of those things. And and I can't do that going to work at McDonald's after high school. So I went into the military, went and joined the army. And they got me, Jeff, in the army because they said, if you join the army, if you join infantry, you're going to make a career out of laser tag. So They got me and uh, I went in and I got to play laser tag, which
0: is, yeah. Except when people, yeah, the other side of the, the laser tag starts shooting back at you. That's, that's, they didn't tell you about that part. Nope. They don't talk about that.
2: (laughs) Um, But I got, I got out of the military. Well, I, let me back up. While I was in the army, I was saving money because you don't spend much money. I was Mm -hmm. living in the, in the barracks. I was eating at the mess hall. My truck was paid off. I'm pretty frugal by nature. So, I had a little savings account going and I wanted to invest that for a return. So, I started reading books and researching investments and and all the books that I happened to pick up all kind of directed you towards real estate. Mm-hmm. So, I, I focused in on that and I bought my first house before I got out of the army. I was just turning 21, moved some roommates in, had them pay my mortgage for me. And then the house was there when I got out. I moved into it, lived there for two years, moved out kept it as a rental. So, there I was 23 with my very first investment property and I saw the passive income. Mm -hmm. I wasn't working and I was making 400 bucks a month and my Mm -hmm. tenant was paying off my mortgage for me. It was appreciating back then. It was pretty good. So, I was like, this is is it. This is a vehicle that's going to make me rich. So, I, I really focused in on it. And while I was in school and working, I was buying one or two houses every single month. Nice. So i flipped flip some of them to generate that cash, uh, the income. I would hold on to a lot of them. Um, and that's how I got my start.
0: That's excellent. I mean, it's, you know, and it's the true story. You didn't start with a ton of money. You were, you were a private in the army and didn't start out with a ton of money. So all these people that are making, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars that tell me they don't have the money. Um, no, you do have the money. You just choose not to use it for purposes of buying passive income. So, yeah, it's such a great, impressive story. You know, what do you attribute your success in real estate to? Was it just continually learning or what? Oh, that's such a good
2: question. And and I think continuing learning, I'm a student of life, right? I Mm -hmm. I think any entrepreneur or successful person is. um, But I would not say that's the reason for my success. And I I would caution anyone to think that because here's the problem with that. You learn and then you, you, you think you need to learn more and then you yeah. think you need to learn more before you ever actually make a transaction. And then you end up not making any transactions, doing any business. And then you end up the exact same place 10 years from now than you, you started. So I would be careful with learning too much. Um, what I found to be effective for me is quite the opposite. It's very much a ready, fire, and then aim kind of philosophy. Yeah. And just it's, it's school of hard knocks, right? You're going to make mistakes. You're going to fall down the successful people learn from that, they get back up and they keep going. And and so for me, it was, I'm willing to take some risks. I'm willing to lose a little bit and, and I'm just going to go for it. Love it.
0: Love it. Well, and I, I it's, it, it's analysis paralysis. I mean, people talk right. themselves out of so much. I, I, I loved, you know, I, talking to clients and, and, you know, people that I know in the real estate business, you know, a couple of years ago, Oh my God, the real estate's going up. I just can't, you know, I, I can't get into it. You know, I, I just don't want to get into it because the real estate's just going to keep going up and I can't afford it. And it's over overpriced. OK, well, it's, you know, markets come back and real estate's come down. Well, yeah, but it's, it's dropping now. And yeah, OK, just yeah, exactly. do it. Yeah, you know,
2: there's just always a reason to not yeah. do it,
0: right? <laughs> it's just just get out there, get invested and get going. So have you focused primarily on single family or have you done multi-unit?
2: Yeah, so I I was residential single family homes only and mm-hmm. as I was doing this look I was in college I didn't have any money I didn't yeah. have I didn't have credit I was a kid and I was working and, and so I didn't have resources like maybe I do now so I was I was hammering the phones just cold calling people and I was focused on residential properties because I knew I could negotiate with the owners to do an owner carry back mm-hmm. somewhere where I didn't need credit or cash to do it and that's how I was able to buy so many properties with no cash or credit. So the, the owners were always carrying it for me. Yeah. So I learned how to negotiate and and find these, these sellers and go out and negotiate with them. But through that process, Jeff, what I really loved was the hunt of the, the deal and the structure mm-hmm. of the deal. And when you think about real estate and structuring a transaction, it all comes down to the financing. Mm-hmm. How are you going to take the property down, as we would say? How are you going to fund the investment And so, I just really started focusing in on the financing side. I got recruited to be a mortgage broker. This was back before uh, 2006 when things started getting a little crazy. There was no licensing. It was literally the Wild West and, Mm -hmm. and it was good for a little while. And then it started becoming tougher and tougher and I was qualifying people to buy their dream home. And then they were no longer qualified because guidelines changed. I had no control. And I'm making these phone calls like wanting to cry because I'm, I'm crushing dreams. And, and so I decided I really need to take control of this. If I want to stay on the financing side of real estate, then I need to, to be the underwriter. I need the one that makes a decision and, and services loans. So I started raising private capital. And then I, I did that for a couple of years, 2008 hit. And then my partner and I split and I started Pine Financial, which is the company that I'm um, running today.
0: Super cool. Well, let's talk a little bit about that. So what is it that you do in the finance realm? Yeah. So we have several mortgage funds. So all that is, it's
2: like a mutual fund. If you think of it like that, somebody else is managing it. And we loan that money out to real estate investors and developers. So think about your fix and flip loan. Um, We're pretty conservative. So we'll we'll stick 65 to 70% of the value of the property, Mm -hmm. Uh, but we're providing... Fast cash and easier qualifying, more flexible terms. So our borrowers are paying higher rates of return, higher rates on those notes, mm-hmm. which enables us to pay our investors, and then we we, provide, or we create a little spread for ourselves, and that's how we profit. Right. But it's really just bringing in private capital, investors that want passive income backed by real estate. So get off of Wall Street, onto Main Street is one uh, diversify, I should say, off of Wall Street, mm-hmm. and then we just we we invest in real estate uh, loans. Thanks. Nice. Beautiful.
0: Now, are you doing? Uh, are you typically doing sixty to seventy percent of after repair value or current value? Yeah, you're good, Jeff. That's exactly right.
2: We're doing uh, we're doing all after repair value. But if we're going to be funding any construction at all, and if we're going to go that high, if we're going to go all the way to seventy percent, we're going to make sure that work gets complete. So we go out and do inspections, and we'll we'll do draw construction draws, and yeah, we're
0: we're very very careful with the money. Mm-hmm. Well, and that makes sense because you're taking other people's money in at that point and you know, definitely want to do that. Yeah, so, exactly you know, typical you know, for somebody that is not really wanting to get into real estate, being a, an investor in your fund is another way to get involved where it's super passive income because you're really not you're not doing anything besides providing capital at that point. Correct.
2: That's exactly right. There's really two ways. And I, I'll say it as far as say even three ways to invest in real estate. Mm-hmm. You have your active investors. So if you want to buy a rental property, you want to manage uh, some type of syndication, for example, if you want to be the active partner in a deal, a lot of risk there, but much higher returns and rewards, mm-hmm. right? You could passively invest in equity. So in somebody else's deal and, and go along for the ride. So the ups and the downs um, I can tell you I'm in five different syndication deals right now. And with the interest rates rising, we've had capital calls on two of them. So mm-hmm. if you're going to invest passively with equity part owner, then you got to be prepared for to pony up if, if the project needs it. And then yeah. finally, it's passive with the debt. And that's what we provide mm-hmm. the safest position you could be. It's the one that gets paid back first before any other debtors, before any other, or any other creditors, I should say, mm-hmm. or any of the equity. Um, but the returns aren't quite as good. So we pay an 8% return. It's it's very stable, very steady, but it's not it's not like your home run type of
0: thing. No, of course. But I mean, for somebody that's that's looking for passive income that, you know, can generate a consistent rate of return, you know, higher than, let's say, corporate bonds or something like that. I mean, I, and it's backed by real estate, which I think is, you know, the other piece of it. It does, you know, there is actually something there, there. If if something would happen, which is (laughs) a little bit different from, uh, you know, even a, even an investment in a company that you're not sure that you're going to get that investment back in the end. So what, you know, for someone that is starting out today, we're in a different real estate market than we were even a couple of years ago. Do you still continue to invest in real estate?
2: Oh, I'm active. Yeah, I'm I'm actively buying now and, and trying to. It's, it's tough right now because I still think cap rates are a little compressed. So if you're looking yeah. at the commercial side of things, you have lower cap rates than maybe they should be where I think they should be. So I would expect some more opportunities cool. coming in. And residential, there's always opportunities. I mean, yeah. even if you're fixing and flipping, you're buying and selling in the same market. So I wouldn't worry too much about the market if you're in it for the long term. I mean, it will go down sometimes, but in the long term, real estate always goes up. And the reason for that is it's yep. finite. So if you can find any investment yep. that is limited, it has to go up. Um, great hedge mm-hmm. for inflation, right? And I think it's good. You probably agree with this, Jeff. It's it's great diversification. Like I think you should be invested yep. in multiple different, and and real estate is just one piece of that.
0: Yeah, and it's you know multiple different types of passive income sources. You know, you look at so that you de-risk yourself. But, you know, I mean, real estate is a core of my portfolio because, you know, I looked at it as, one, you know, I was good at finding the opportunities. I Very much like you, I like the hunt. You know, it's, it's fun to, to find that property that nobody else has been able to find. I absolutely love it when realtors tell me that there's no great deals out there. And when other investors are telling me you can't make money in this market, I hope you think that. Because I will find a way to make money in this market. Right. You know, and, and so many times it's just structuring the deal right. You know, like you were saying, it's just building the the right deal in. And, you know, if anything, it's learning how to do that better than everybody else that's out there.
2: Oh, I totally agree. I, I just got back from our, we have a second home up in Summit okay. County in Colorado. And I'm at a nice. house now. That's why you can see the, the back screen with the the lamp and the <laughs> I'm not in the office today, but yeah. it, may, it reminds me of that house that I just came back from that, we're, that we enjoy so much, I mm-hmm. got because of a very creative financing strategy. We oh. we found a property going into foreclosure, did an owner's and encumbrance report on it and found this giant judgment, $64 million judgment was attached to this property. And so we just called up the attorneys for the, the holder of that judgment and asked them if they would let us borrow their redemption rights or buy the redemption rights. We were just going to redeem the property out of, the, out of foreclosure. Well, they didn't want any of that. They wanted to sell the judgment. Mm-hmm. We ended up buying that judgment for 80 grand. I will never collect on a $64 million judgment, that, but that's not the point. The point was nobody else can get that property. We ended up with the property because no one's going to redeem a $64 million judgment. Like We were no. guaranteed that property and we're into it all fix up, rehabbed everything
0: great nice for half the value. <laughs> I love it. And the thing is probably worth four or five times what you what you originally paid for, if not more.
2: Yeah. We're, we're into it. Just to give you a rough idea. We're into it for about 700 and it's one four to one five property right now, right on Lake awesome. Dillon in, in
0: Dillon, Colorado. That is awesome. Yeah. But I mean, once again, it never hurts to, you know, it just go out on the hunt and try and find that stuff. More you can do to educate yourself on, you know, I I agree with you. I think people can do analysis paralysis. But, you know, I think the thing that I learned most going back to reading Robert Allen, you know, Robert G. Allen, is just all those creative financing techniques and all the different ways. And the more you can study all those different techniques. I remember I bought, it was funny, I bought on Amazon a used Robert G. Allen book, and I I thought I was just getting the book, and I ended up getting this whole course. It's like a complete binder. It's awesome. And it probably was from the late 1980s, early 90s. But this binder, I mean, literally is full of like a zillion different creative financing techniques and all these different strategies and things like that. I'm like, that, I mean, it's the best. I mean, I'll, I'll literally take like one of those little chapters a day and just go through it just to keep those things in my head. Because, you know, when you're out there and you're hunting and you're, there's an opportunity to present itself, the more different techniques, you know, and can combine together, the better.
2: Oh, I totally agree with you. And I, I, I think education is super important. I'm not trying yeah. to discourage that at all. No, nope. I think you should educate yourself. But don't just get don't get so hung up on it. Yeah. I think get the, into the game. In the action, <laughs> make You go further along faster than just study, yeah. study, study. Yeah, um, but you know, you mentioned this creative, creative structures and financing that you learned in that course. Yeah. I know that's going to be huge coming up. Oh, yeah. Because everyone's locked in these sub three percent interest rates. Mm-hmm. And you could take over that that debt, and so yeah. you could lock in rates under three percent in a six seven percent
0: rate environment. That's huge value. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah, I mean, it's absolutely amazing. It's like okay, and then you know, then you're not having to think about refining and everything else. And yeah, most people don't know that you can assume a debt in today's world. You know, they thought that went out years ago, but yeah, it's there's always opportunities and there's always gonna be ways to do stuff like that. So what's new in your world? New in my
2: world. So, um, you know, Pine Financial Group is growing significantly. We're growing Mm -hmm. 15 to 20% a year and we have been for years. So it's, it's been a lot of fun, the hiring process and just building mm-hmm. a, a fun and creative team. Um, but part of our growth is the private capital. We need private capital to, to make these yeah. loans. So we went out and got a, one of our funds, our most recent fund approved to offer publicly, which is a very nice. interesting process because you have the attorneys battling and, and you're with the SEC and our side and they're going back and forth and, and you go through that full rodeo. And then you have twice a year reporting with audited financials and you have all of these hoops to get through. But the yeah. cool thing about that is we could have a pretty low investment limit or a minimum investment amount, mm-hmm. and we could do work with accredited and non-accredited investors. Which so teased. this type of investment is typically reserved for accredited investors only. Mm-hmm. You don't even hear about this stuff if you're not accredited. Yeah. Uh, and now we're trying, we're trying to change that. And for our audience, can you just explain what an accredited investor is? Yeah, so the government wants to protect consumers, and so they separate who they're really going to protect and who they're may- just maybe sort of going to protect. And and the reason I put it that way is because all the rules and, and laws, a lot of them are to protect non-accredited investors. So it's certain income and net worth limitations. If you hit one of these, there's there's a more than this, but yeah, to keep it really simple, that's, that's the base. Yeah, I mean, if you're an investment company with whatever. But for an individual or a married couple, you know, it's an income of two hundred thousand dollars a year, single three hundred, uh, married couple for the last two years with the expectation of that to continue, or a net worth of over a million dollars, excluding your primary home, which is still crazy to me. That's such a low threshold, I, mm-hmm. I believe, but that's that's where the limits are right now. And if you meet one of those, and you are considered accredited. If you don't meet either of those, you are considered non-accredited, and so mm-hmm. you are restricted to. You know more publicly traded type investment vehicles.
0: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, I mean, but I think the cool part with you is you're you're actually opening that up to some people that you know. Okay, this is something new for me. Now, is is their money typically in a fund like this going to be locked up for thirty years, or are you dealing more with those kind of short term?
2: Great question. I get that all the time. And there's no lockup period for our fund and there's no fees. So we make our money from charging fees to our borrowers to originate a loan and okay. then we charge 12% interest, we pay our investors 8. So there's a there's a spread there so that we mm-hmm. make our fees on fees to our borrower and the spread with our fund. So there's Brilliant. no fees to our investors at all and there's no lockup mm-hmm. period. Now with nice. that said, we don't have money sitting in a bank account earning one percent paying an eight percent on it right so we have a, a small reserve and then everything else goes out into loans so if there's a request for return of money there could be a short delay in us getting the money returned so it's it's not a savings account you just can't go get it the very same day you request it but it's not locked up for any amount of time either
0: yeah yeah which is awesome you know and and i think anybody that's doing this any type of an investment i mean you you need to be committed to a period of time and not you know think of it as Oh, well, I, you know, I need the money now for something better. No, no, no. Made that commitment and, you know, stick with it. But I mean, still an 8% rate of return, even in today's world, is not bad for safe money. All right. Well, let's uh, let's switch gears here a little bit and talk about the fast five questions. All right. Ready? You got to be curious right. about this. Let's do it. All right. So let's start with the first one. You wake up in the morning. Business is gone. You have A laptop computer, 500 bucks, a place to live, food. What are you going to do first?
2: That's a tough one because obviously the answer is real estate because that's what I love. Mm -hmm. And that's what I understand. So you're telling me you're not going to take away my knowledge from me. So I I definitely know how to make money in real estate. So I would take that 500 bucks and I would go join a real estate investment group. And the reason for that is because I want to surround myself with people doing what I want to be doing. Mm -hmm. So I would do that. Honestly, I'd have to generate cash flow, right? So I'd probably go get some type of W two, maybe in the industry that I want to be in. So right. I'd probably go for a commercial type of investment firm, and then I'd start pounding phones, just like I did when I was getting started. Um, the more people you talk to, the more money you're going to make.
0: That's awesome! Fantastic. What is the biggest
2: business mistake you've ever made? Oh, this is a good one, and it's I don't even need to think about it. It's so easy. So when I was Early on in my career, I was—I I mentioned I was having some success doing multiple deals in a month. So at the investment clubs and groups, um, people knew me. They knew who I was and they'd, they'd want to be around me and they'd want to talk to me. And, and I, I, let, I let that feed my ego. And so I was very much focused on trying to impress people instead mm. of doing what was best for me and my pocketbook. So I would set my goals around how many units or how many doors or how many deals and transactions. And so all my goals were around that. And what ended up happening is I started doing not great transactions just to hit a goal that I had set for myself. Um, So I think the goal setting is super, super huge. Questions: Mm -hmm. How you ask questions to yourself and others, mostly to yourself and Mm -hmm. your goals. If you really are committed to hitting goals, they have to be thought through and smart goals. And I would even say don't focus on results, focus on actions. Like I'm going to make 20 phone calls each morning or whatever the goal is, but it's an action oriented goal instead of a results driven mm-hmm.
0: goal. Yeah. Love that. Absolutely love it. Yeah. Cause it, you can get, get into the point where It's like, Oh, I need to, I didn't hit my two this month. So let me find something. And you're That's certainly right. going to, you'll find something. It just may not be what you wanted in the long run. That's right. That's
2: exactly what happened. But I was cool, right? I got to tell everybody yep. I did a deal. Yep. What's a good book that you would recommend for our audience? Yeah, and because, you, because of the focus of the show, I, I would definitely mm-hmm. say building cash flow is fantastic. Yep. Um, so, and, and business, honestly, business is the best way to do that. You can invest in stocks. You can invest in private notes. You can invest in mortgage funds and real estate and all this. But it's, it's somewhat restrictive. But if you could figure out how to get a business going – That's Mm -hmm. really where the money's at. So I I love the book E Myth Revisited. I think that really changes your your focus from being, you know, in the business as like Kiyosaki would say, or to be working on it and and Mm -hmm. generating something that's going to produce for you.
0: Absolutely great book. It's I mean it's the perpetual one that's always that usually comes up. Yeah, it's it's probably it's the most often one that I hear throughout the year. But yeah, I mean I totally agree. I mean it's. It's it's a book that's changed so many people's lives. You know, and I, I even say it from the, my other side of my business, which is helping business owners sell and exit their businesses. I mean, it's the book that I recommend to them to read because, yeah, you know, you've got to understand how to get yourself out of that, you know, out of, out of the alligator pit fighting alligators and get out there and actually, you know, have somebody else go in and fight the alligators. Oh, okay. I'm surprised that it's the most recommended. I would have bet money it was rich dad, poor dad. No, you know what? That's it doesn't come up that often. You know, I think it's I think rich dad, poor dad kind of had its day. And then now all these other people have kind of basically taken the same idea and changed it or whatever. Um, It's interesting that I reread it probably last summer when I when I hit my freedom day. You know, I hit that day where I had enough money. I didn't have to get up and go to work anymore. I went through this whole process of, okay, I've got to kind of retrain my brain for what the future is. And that was one of the first books that I pulled off the bookshelf was Rich Dad. And, you know, it, it's amazing going back to it now and reading it after I've done all the stuff. I read it really early on. It taught me what I needed to do. But then I went back and read it and I'm like, damn, it actually worked. So Yeah, I love that book. That's what I should have said. Yeah, it is. It is one of my favorites. So you did say it. So we'll give you credit for two on that. One. What's a tool that you use in your business every day that you might recommend?
2: A tool that I use. So I'm, I'm big on follow-up. I think that's how you can grow. So mm-hmm. I, I think a CRM is yeah. hands down the most important tool for any business owner. And mm-hmm. it's surprising even businesses that are highly focused on sales, which I know they all are, but some of them like service-related stuff is highly sales and they don't have CRMs. It no. on-
0: yeah. It's shocking to me. You know, and it's, where do you keep your notes? at that point. Are they all just on paper or something? You know, I mean, I've I've got it to the point now where I have one of those, uh, you know, little remarkable tabs that I can then upload directly into my computer and then just dump that up into my CRM system. So I've got all my written notes instead of used to happen, which was I had all these notes and I'd shove them in a folder and then I'd forget what the folder is and everything else. And, it's much, much easier. Or I can just snap a picture of it on my phone and upload it the same way. Oh, that's yeah. great. And then you've always got your notes there, which is, which is awesome. So. Yeah,
2: and they're free, right? You can get HubSpot, for example. It's a fantastic one.
0: It's free. Yeah, free. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's several. Yeah, the HubSpot and Sightly, several of those like that that I've used before that work, and they work great. And if you want to later, you can tack on bits and pieces right. to help you out with follow-up, like the email you know, outbound side and everything else. So last question. What is your definition of freedom?
2: Definition of freedom. So there's so much more to life than money. I really Mm -hmm. think that there's three pillars to being a successful and happy person. And and one of them, the first and most important, it's gonna go in this order. The most important first is your health. Mm -hmm. And I think it's relationships. You can't be happy without strong, powerful relationships. And then finally it's money. Now I, I agree that you can money, the lack of money will make unhappiness. Mm -hmm. I've been there. So I know that, but money doesn't make you happy, right? It's, it's gotta be, it's gotta be all of it. So I think for me, freedom is financially being able to do what you want, when you want with who you want, right? We know that, but it's also to have people that you want to do this stuff with.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think that's absolutely true. You know, too many people get focused on the money side of it and they're miserable people to be around, you know, and, you know, their family doesn't want to be around them. They don't want to be around their family and they're just miserable people. But, you know, the people that I I know that are wealthy, what I consider wealthy are people that they value that relationship, not only with their own family, but with others as well. So I love that if you're miserable, give some money away. Yeah, so, that'll, that'll make you happier. Because
2: if you're not doing some type of giving, then I think you're missing big time.
0: Well, and and that's you know whether it's giving back money or giving back time. Oh yeah, exactly. And yeah, I, I, right. I, if you if you are averse to giving away money because you've worked hard for it, then give away some of your time. You know, volunteer, mentor, or something like that, and you you will get that back in your heart ten times over. Oh gosh, it's so true. Absolutely. Well, if somebody wants to get a hold of you, what's the best way? So, you know, we're, we're in a very interesting
2: economic time right now. As we're recording this, I know it'll all come out by the time you release this, but we're, we're concerned about the debt ceiling, right? We don't know yeah. if it's going to get approved. and we have, But it, it, after that, it's going to be something else. It's going to be the, yeah. the jo- unemployment is still low and inflation is still high or, or whatever. And there's risks when you're in an uncertain time like this. So I, I wrote this report that I'm actually pretty proud of that compares the 1990s you know, mm. this, following the savings and loan, yep. compared to what we're doing right now today, what we're in right now today, I think it compares much more closely than the 2008 crash. Yep. And everyone is trying to relate those two, and there's no relation between those two. So no, not, not even really close.
0: True.
2: Right. But if you go back to 90, the 90s, with yeah. high interest rates and on all of that, it does re- have some resemblance. And, mm. and so, I wrote a report about that, and I'm giving that away for free at thepinereport.com. So, thepinereport.com, and they can see the comparison of those two and, and try to judge and prepare mm-hmm. for what's coming. Otherwise, it's just pinefinancialgroup.com.
0: Yeah. But yeah, so we'll put the pinereport.com on our uh, show notes page. So everybody just look down the show notes. You can get to that and get Kevin's thoughts on this. Thank you for your time today and just great information. Um, thank you for what you do as far as helping other investors find capital for their projects and all that. Because it, like we were saying before, it's going to be harder and harder as we move forward here.
2: Well, Jeff, thanks for the invite and bringing me on. I had a fantastic time. Uh, it's
0: always fun to talk about this stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I love talking shop all day. So, well, thanks, folks, um, make sure you reach out to him, get the report, get yourself prepared. There's just tons and tons of opportunities to invest in real estate. You just have to figure it out. But there's lots of other ways, you know, just like Kevin was saying with businesses. I mean, I've I've made the most money in my life from starting businesses and selling. No more even close on real estate. So, you know, look at other opportunities, look at ways to create those those sources of passive income and value that you can make over time. As always, every week we do two of these a week. So you'll see these shows drop on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Make sure that you subscribe to the channel wherever you're listening or watching this. And we will see you back here the very next time.
1: Thank you for listening to the Freedom Nation podcast.